What's oh, up with the service man. here, man? It seems like they're taking forever to take our bill. I don't know what it is, man. Um, you know what? Here. Oh, you know what? It's 10 o'clock. We have to go, dude. We have to go saying. by law. The guy's in the bathroom, dude. Let's just go. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and thank you for tuning in to another fantastic episode of Come Sit With Us. I'm Mark Flores. And I'm Isaiah Martinez. Today's topics, lockdown before Thanksgiving. Who's to blame? Is it Newsom? The Israelites? The Pharisees? We'll find out and get you an answer. A little NBA talk with my first jersey purchase in a long while. And Isaiah, our, Isaiah and myself are going to discuss our favorite YouTube channels and a few I would like to share. Isaiah, how are you? I am doing good, man. I'm doing fine. Can't complain. Not too bad. Um, making it through this uh, year has been crazy. Uh, a lot of peaks. and Well, there's no peaks. A lot of valleys, actually, in this year. Uh, and I think everybody's experienced uh, some... Uh, this has been something that... You know, no one has really gone through businesses, people. Um, it's been pretty crazy. I think this year is going to be one we're going to be looking back to for a long time. Uh, and we're in our twenties in the in the in the in this new century. We are now in the twenty year mark, which is you know crazy how fast you know time flies. So I can't complain, man. I, I mean, despite this year being as crazy as it's been, you know, I'm healthy now. You know, I got good friends with me. Uh, we got Thanksgiving now coming around the corner. And I know that it's going to change for a lot of people, you know, gatherings, social gatherings. It's not the same. So like traditionally, I would go to my grandma's house. We'd have family and all that. It's not going to happen this year. So that's going to be breaking tradition a little bit. But, you know, uh, we have to uh, be thankful still for what we do have. And, you know, and even those who have lost somebody, like we still are thankful for, you know, what impact they've made. So I don't know. I didn't mean for that to be such a lengthy answer, but just to sum it up, I'm, I'm doing fine and I can't complain despite this crazy year that we've had. I'll make sure to get that whole, uh, get the whole answer typed up. And by the time I get it typed up, it'll be a New York times uh, yeah. bestseller. Yeah. It's hard to ask somebody like how they're doing in 2020, you know, like I'm glad you <laughs> took that opportunity to vent. Yeah. 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 I also am real stressful about having Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. We, on the other hand, Mexicans can't really not be a family together and not celebrate Thanksgiving or something. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, along with my family are going to go have Thanksgiving. We'll make sure to take the appropriate precautions, of course, but we are still going to have Thanksgiving within the, and I'm going to use scare quotes here, within mm. the within the laws, within, we're going to be abiding by the laws, of course. Okay. Oh, so now you just totally <laughs> swept the rug right under me. Also, I'm falling but the laws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was the CDC, are yeah. they listening in or what? Dr. Seuss presents how the Newsom stole Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh man i wish you were right by my side this friday though what last happened? friday what happened i went on youtube live with our dear friend andre from lyricology 101 oh you know yes. that guy, i saw the highlights i saw the highlights 
freaking amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I go in from time to time. Freestyle Fridays with me usually don't happen. Mm-hmm. And to those that don't know, our friend Andre Gaynor runs a highly successful YouTube channel called Lyricology 101, where he teaches people how to rap and reviews and critiques various uh, songs from various artists. It's a very cool page. All you got to do is go on YouTube and look up uh, Lyricology 101. Just Lyric and then Ology 101. So he does on his Instagram, his Instagram by the same name, he does this thing called Freestyle Fridays where he will go freestyle, uh, in rhyming improvisational leap off the top of the head. And he he's will, really good at it. He will invite <laughs> other people. Yeah. And the funny thing is like when you see other people come from all places of the, of the world, it's just, it's crazy. Like one guy will be skateboarding and he'll get off his skateboard, spit a verse, like a sick dope verse. Yeah. Get back on a skateboard, like lay in some serious heat and then just keep pushing. <laughs> Literally keeping, yeah. He keeps just going on. That's crazy. I had the privilege of joining in and I kind of like did like a backhanded kind of compliment when I was just like, Hey, I'm from Tahiti. I don't know English that well, even though I was like speaking perfectly good English, mm-hmm. a majority of his fans are from European countries and he, they really don't. And so I went in and kicked a little freestyle with him. And it's, it's, it's funny. Cause when I, when I freestyled with Andre before, it's like, I'm always there. And even doing it live, I felt like I was there. Just felt it just felt like just rapping and spitting rhymes to my homies and uh i wish all of us were there like all together doing it you know but uh there's a lot of it's covid layered upon mm-hmm. you know you can't do three people on live which would have yeah. been cool but it wasn't that long ago we did like an epic uh cypher like you him and i we went uh to a friend's house that we haven't seen in a long time like randomly just popped in his house uh, oh Chris. yeah, that's right. It was Jake's house? Well, I think no. it was J- Jake's, or no, no, it was uh, Nick. Nick, yeah, yes, it was Nick's, it was Nick's house. house that's Jake right. was there. And, Popped uh, in. Haven't seen there. Nick in like what? Like I would say you almost haven't seen him twenty in the longest years. Time I haven't seen this fool in twenty years. Yet all of a sudden, pop in like, hey, what's up? It's good, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, we just start spinning verses. Like I had a beer in my hand within minutes. <laughs> It was amazing. And he lives down the street. We started freestyling, you, myself, and Andre. And uh, we were just laying it down, dude. We were being creative as heck, which was very fun. And I think freestyling is funner when you're more looser, when you're more with friends, because you could kind of, anything could fly off. And it's you, it's more fun that way. Um, don't get me wrong. It's it's cool ciphering with other people, too, that you don't know. But I don't know. It's just different when you're aside from our friends, people, you know, it's like, yeah. you can talk about anything. It's funny. Yeah. There's a big difference between it being just like freestyling with friends. And then, then you feel the vibrations of the whole cypher. And then you realize, Oh, three rappers in this cypher. It's like a big dick measuring contest. Yeah. After that, I'm just like, yeah, I'm just here to kick rhymes, dude. If you guys try to make it sound, make it uh confrontational. Well, yeah. As soon as you get an Eminem in the crowd, you better. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, also wanted to bring up this one thing too. I know that you were a fan of wrestling at the time that I was, and I myself still am. But the Undertaker finally decided to hang it up. Of course, in the wrestling industry, no one's ever really stays retired. But I really believe that he is finally retiring from active competition. So the Undertaker 
was for the last decade wrestling probably one to two matches every year. So his active career, as far as touring and going on the road, probably done about 10, 10 years ago. But even these sporadic matches that he's had over the last decade, uh, he's finally calling quits on those. So I really wanted to give my piece on one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He doesn't really get a lot of credit on top tens, but the fact of the matter is the guy was the same character consistently for 30 years, you know, 30 years. (laughs) He's wrestling longer than I've been alive. Mm -hmm. The undertaker to me, I was, I was scared of this guy. I really thought for a cool minute that this guy was dead and the, his manager, Paul Bearer, was the one that had the power to, like, resurrect this dead person. And, and this dead person actually had, like, the power to beat Hulk Hogan and beat uh, Yokozuna. Like, there was... The Undertaker didn't play. I, um... I'm really gonna... I'm really gonna miss the guy. I, I say that very sincerely because he's had fantastic matches. And... uh it's been a long, it's been a good run for the dead man. Yeah, he's uh, he's what Kobe would classify as a triple OG. You know, uh, somebody who's been in different generations of wrestling. And he could probably be considered like a historian in some ways. Uh, definite, definite leader <clears throat> uh, in even the locker room, I think. Um, yeah, as well. Amongst wrestlers. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty big deal. Somebody who's been a staple in you know, wrestling for that long, uh, you know, amongst all these different changes and things. Not only that, but being a top draw, still being a draw the whole time. You could be 30 years in wrestling. Mm -hmm. You could be a top draw for 10 years. And then for the next 20, you can be packing up a YMCA, you know, Mm -hmm. but the taker was still selling out the garden. So it's cool. It's cool to see that. Yeah. I, I, I seen uh there's a favorite uh YouTube of mine. I know we're gonna talk about that later, but he happened to pop in as a guest on this show that I watch on YouTube, and I thought it was amazing because he's no he's one that doesn't typically give a lot of insight because he keeps like the mystique of the Undertaker, but barely yet, breaks character right. And so in this interview, he's like letting it all the secrets and stuff of his um career being. He's, he's now telling all kind of of that. So I thought that was pretty cool because you don't really typically see Undertaker on an interview telling all, you know. I really think that my interest in Undertaker really peaked. The summit of this whole thing was when his, when WWE booked his half brother, well, his brother Kane. To come in and interrupt his his uh, Hell in a Cell match with Shawn Michaels, and Kane comes in and rips the door off of the cell, and the way they booked his debut was just impressive because all you see is big pillars of flames. It's like, and then you hear say hear classic Jim Ross, that that's gotta be Kane, that's gotta be Kane. And it's like wow, this is incredible. So then then has the feud be, then the feud begins with Undertaker and Kane. I was I always enjoyed his matches with mankind. Like they were like the perfect, like two like two just competitors going at it. Like they would do like these crazy uh, matches 
Um, we had the Hell in the Cell match. Man, mankind yeah. almost died. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that feels crazy. Mankind's, mankind's actually, uh, I would say, like one of my top favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, yeah. Uh, amazing. Amazing what they do. He, I mean, uh, Undertaker, I feel like he has such an understanding of the sport of wrestling. I mean, that guy could teach you a thing or two, right? I would love to just be a fly inside his wrestling school. If he even does, he's paid beyond measure to even, if he ever did a school, it'd just be a ridiculous source of income for him, an additional source. But I really want to pay the respects to to mean Mark Callis as he debuted in the beginning, but uh, Mark Calloway, a.k.a. The Undertaker, he uh, was and will always be just one of those staples in my childhood where he was this man beyond life. He was the a very good spectacle, the phenom, f- fantastic athlete. I, I, 30 years of wrestling... Watching a good majority of his matches the last ten or twelve years, it was. A, so what does this mean now? Does he ride off in the sunset on his bike or something? Like what? I guess they bury him back where he came so from. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, this he yeah, he lives in Texas with a very hot wife and kids and on on a big plot of land. What more do you want? <laughs> no. You know, good for him. Yeah, he earned it. Yeah, he's earned it for sure. I mean, this guy could, this guy, dude, he. He could literally, he could literally start a mortuary. Yeah. He could just dress up as Undertaker (laughs) and people would be like, yeah, my husband, my husband's dying wish for, to have you do his, his, uh, his burial service. Right, exactly. May your husband rest (laughs) in peace. And then he like folds his eyes over his head. What if he runs for politics or something? (laughs) As the Undertaker. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you hear his big dome. The Republican Party. You hear a big gong for him when he comes out. (laughs) So, like, they do a Senate hearing and all of a sudden, dong. And Bernie Sanders like, <laughs> oh my no, god, no, he tombstones buried Bernie Sanders because he just disagrees with his like defenses. Oh, I don't think you should be doing that. It's just don't. <laughs> the Undertaker and his policies, though physical, <laughs> I do respect them. And he's all in the neck brace. <laughs> so that's all he's gonna do is just muscle people in politics. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I like it. Would that. work. It would get yeah. the job done. I think it's probably not the most diplomatic way, but. Some would say it is. I like how you're planning his uh, his retirement. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing his campaign. I'm his campaign manager. <laughs> his actually. Campaign manager. <laughs> a vote for the dead man is a, is one for a great living America. Yeah. 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 I, I can see it, it now. It could, it could work. Yeah. Undertaker, damn it, you deserve it. Take a break. We uh, enjoy. I still enjoy watching your throwback matches. You know what's crazy is like I think Mark too as as we have now we're 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 32 or so, you know, we're, we're seeing in, in our lifetime now, our kind of greats like come to their like, you know, last call or their curtain call or whatever, which is crazy. Like, you know, we watched like, let's say, let's take Kobe, for example. Can I ask you a question on that? Ahead, like, a, I kind of want to deep dive on that since you brought it up. This mm-hmm. isn't even a part of the segments, but how do you feel 
knowing that Kobe's now immortalized and you know that he will never get older. Yeah, that is crazy. What, what I remember that's crazy is that he told T-Mac, like he was messed with T-Mac and said, you know, I want to go out young or whatever. I want to be, you know, but T-Mac always laughed that off like, you're crazy, Kobe. And Kobe was saying, obviously, is joking around. I don't think he would mean that because he has kids and stuff. But, you you know, you hate to see it because you want to see him uh, live out his life because he had an interest. Like, he was actively doing something, which is amazing. And that's what makes it even a little bit harder. But the fact that, like you said, he's always going to be immortalized as this young figure. Um You couldn't write a story like that. You couldn't. You couldn't write the fact that the day before LeBron passes him on the all-time scoring you record. You can't. You can't. You can't. the The life he lives is, it's just he's a phenom. We knew that since day one. He was a phenom, and it just it shows you. This guy is fireworks. You know, I mean, look at him and Tim Duncan. You know, two great, amazing basketball players. Tim Duncan is unspectacular, but amazing. Kobe, you know, he's he's a, he's a star in the city of L.A., you know, and he has his shortcomings. We all know it. He does, you know, but he's a star. And sometimes you'll have uh, these people that come in in a flash like that that make such a big impact in a short amount of time. It's, it's just crazy. Any, and that's a good point that you bring up with Tim Duncan, Mm -hmm. because he's the prime example of clock in, do your work, Mm -hmm. you know, get hall of fame recognition, clock out, right? Kobe clock in here's Sprite. Here's Adidas. Here's Nike. Yeah. It's the appeal. I even know that even if you took Kobe to San Antonio, the star would have still emerged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I don't think uh, even Popovich probably couldn't even contain that. Memf- if he if he if he wrote his career out in Memphis, star nonetheless, still. he would have literally brought that to the Charlotte Hornets. He still would have been a star. He, when Sucks they changed to the Bobcats and then went back to Charlotte Hornets again. Yeah, I I totally yeah. believe that, and I'm with you on that one 100 with the fact that Kobe was destined for great success yeah and it's not to say that the man's immortalized now look at look at this like we all thought mj was hands down the goat undeniably like there's no debate but now look you know we we see a longer span of his life and you know in his latter years it hasn't worked out so great for jordan you know it's not a good gm it's not you know that it has he's it hasn't you saying been that? a good look. Oh. Let's say that, you know, and it kind of takes away from what he's done, which was amazing. But it's, 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 uh, I don't know. It's, it's a hard, really a pinpoint. I, all I could say is that with Kobe's situation, you know, what he's done, you can tell when some, what somebody has done when they leave the earth that way, like, look how it united everybody. 
everybody was united in a time where everybody's so divided, you know? For a good 30 minutes, I felt connected to people in, in mourning. Right. You could talk to anybody from in like 12 From like 12.30 p.m. to 1, to 1 p.m., I felt a connection with everyone. And look at all the teams, like all these gifts and stuff they did. Like, you don't... They held the no clock. Require, there was no requirement for that. Every every on every anniversary that Kobe's get like on his on his death anniversary, every player's going to take that twenty four second violation. Oh yeah, and then the next team's going to take the eight, eight yeah. second violation. Yeah, that's all. That's going to be a thing. And if you don't do it, like you yeah. pretty much uh, that your your teammates will meet you in the locker room. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, and I, I mean, so going back to like somebody like uh, Undertaker, somebody's had a long career. You know, has been. We've been fortunate and lucky enough to have this guy. Um, and there's pros. There's not pros. There is a, there is still something great to somebody who is doing an everyday, you know, job. I can't say that with Undertaker though. Cause he, like you said, he brought in tickets. He brought in butts in the seats. So for carrying on greatness for so long like that is there's something to that too, that should be appreciated as well. Absolutely. Yeah. There's, um, I wanted to make sure to ask you that because it, it was a good organic question to ask you while we were still talking about people that are important to us. I wanted yeah. to get a perspective. Oh on yeah. That. And Kobe's for sure. And for many, <laughs> I know I'm not the only one for sure. He is one of those people that, I mean, look, I mean, I got jerseys on the wall. That's how much of an impact. I mean, there's people that are way more crazier fanatics <clears throat> of Kobe's work. Kobe has Kobe followers that are like a, a, a segment of LA nation, which is crazy. The, the impressive thing about all that is that they, they each cemented a legacy and it was equally quite lengthy mm-hmm. in their own regards. So from undertaker to Kobe, we start, man, that's how come sit with us goes guys. We always encourage you guys to come and sit with us and, just how the premise of the show goes, I will try to stick with these segments, but if something of my interest sparks along to ask it, I'll always, guns blazing, I'll always shoot those questions out, and despite you know the segments, I'll do the damn thing and ask. Isaiah, I wish there was a way to have a freaking foolproof way to make money without without a lot of work. Unfortunately, guys, this isn't a plug <laughs> to a potential sponsor. Uh, rather, it's just me having a breakthrough while I was driving through traffic. Um, I don't. I've in the last like few years of my life, I'd never had the privilege of you know dr- driving through traffic. But now with this uh, this new transition, I am able to have the privilege of sitting in traffic for for a forty five minute commute turning into an hour and a half coming home. But it actually prompts me to think while I'm on the road. Sure does. I'll tell you that. And it also helps with trying to find different avenues of trying to make more money. You know, I do my best to have multiple streams of income. You know, I sling pins here and there. And I also do the sports pins on eBay. So I try to have a bunch of streams of income. Uh, Which has worked out great for you. You've been able to pay off your car just by that, doing that. 
Um, Man, I, which I tell you, I tell you what happened with that. I don't think we've told the audience bad about that on Come mm. Sit with us. So no, we haven't. So for the time I was actually starting out the notorious pin, I saved every single penny from the notorious pin from the start to about a year, uh, almost a year to the day. And from the year to the day, I was about, I signed a deal. I signed a six year deal with CarMax, not sports related or no, as I'm actually wasn't <laughs> to play to for them. them. <laughs> no, I know I didn't, didn't in the arena, them. but uh, at the halfway point, I was able just to pay the rest of the car off. And there was two people that I told about mm-hmm. that. I'd immediately texted my brother and said, Hey, look, Thanks for teaching me about financial literacy. And as soon as I hit submit on that electronic payment, dude, I shed a tear because it was one of the first times that I really busted my ass to actually get somewhere to do something. And that whole, when I, when I tell people, you know, when we go, when I go across the show and let people know I was a lazy piece of shit, I was. I had no, there was no engine for me to like have a sense of urgency about anything, but having your own business unlocks this work ethic that's endless. Mm -hmm. I I see. I I never saw you as a, as a lazy person, you know, though I, I, the way I saw it was like, you pretty much kind of were on like a, like a break or just like a in between stage of what you were going to do. I never right. saw you as a lazy person though. Like from when you worked before with sprint, you were running two different jobs at the same time, which I don't even know how you did that. And you know, you've always been somebody who's been wanting to keep a, a steady job. You've been one of the few people I know that's kept a steady job. So, you know, I, I don't, I don't really see you that way, but I do see it as like kind of, you were going through a different. Oh yeah. You know, I, stage. I, I just stayed below my <clears throat> ceiling. Mm-hmm. I felt, despite, you know, me working and doing all that, I still felt like, you know, there was more to to unearth. And coupled with me doing my own business while I was at the job that I had before this one, I ended up working my way up to managing a whole department. So it was great to have, like, a manager tag next to it because it helped me realize a lot of things like hey look you really can do all this you can maintain a small business and you can still run a freaking department at a at a, yeah. at a company yeah so it felt it felt all that felt great and it definitely showed me that i i was just i had the potential within myself the whole time so that in comparison to everything else thus gives me that definition of me just not playing into my full potential, which equals to me lazy. So call, call it what you will, call it what you will. Yeah. But, um, what I wanted to get in with that Isaiah, is that there's a lot of people that helped me along the way of that. My, my bro, my older brother, uh, Denny certainly helped me, and educated me on a lot of stuff regarding financial literacy, just trying to understand how money works. And that helped a lot. There was just, there was a lot of factors that came into play of not understanding money, mainly because I was just like swimming in debt. 
So the the black cloud of like financial debt, every time that looms looms around you, it, it feels like stress. How am I going to make it? How You know, all those questions come up. But luckily I was able to work through that and now that cloud's not over my head anymore. But I also have celebrity anchors. But before I even get to that celebrity anchor, I want to ask you, who's an anchor that's personal in your life that you use to like help educate yourself along the way and like try to base a lot of things on? I always definitely use my bro for that. I always bounce ideas off of him um, because I know my bro has great street smarts. <clears throat> I mean, he's nine years older than me. So, you know, nine years, I guess, will do that to you where you'll have more of an idea of what's going on and what to do. So I always go to him. I always bounce off ideas to him. Very smart individual. Um, like I said, very street savvy. Like this guy knows a little bit of everything. And he's able to, you know, school me on a lot of stuff. Um, you know, just for example, I mean, I can call this guy up if I, if I'm really trying to purchase a house or something, like I already know he will school me a little bit like, okay, this is what you're going to do. Blah, blah, blah. If I'm going to get a car or something, I already, I already kind of know how to do that. But what I'm saying is I can call him for anything basically. Um, and I even bounce off ideas to him like, Hey, do you think this is a wise decision? And I'd just like to see what he says on that. Um, definite, uh, Definite, um, to me, I consider him like a good friend, not just a brother. He's also a really good friend to me. Uh, my father was also another person I would definitely bounce ideas off of. Um, so I'd definitely go to him. Mm. Other than that, that's, yeah, I just use those two really close. Um, you know, my mother, I'll go to her if there's something that she, I know she knows. But that those, yeah, those, those three are pretty right there kind of do it um for me i can confidently tell you that the times you come to me is when you're actually like set in your mind <laughs> and, I'll, <laughs> and i'll and i'll preface that with okay. uh with uh with the story of so i stopped doing the podcast with andre around uh 2017 20, 2018 something like that yeah or somewhere around that time and I don't know what got into you, but you had the bug mm -hmm. to do one. Mm -hmm. And every time we'd hang out, like I'd just be halfway into halfway into my 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 drink, and you're just all, "Wait, what? what why don't you start podcasting again?" I was just like, "No, I, I don't want to do it. I don't have the means to do it." And little by little, I was just like what is he really trying to get at here? And then lo and behold, <laughs> you start your freaking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. now I know what happens when you already have the seeds planted within you. Yeah. That you'll just be set. So, yeah. Cause you know what, to me, it just seemed like a, like a no brainer idea. Like, um, it just seems so easy to do. You were great at it. Like I, to me, it was like, why did you even stop? Because you're so, you're, you're good at doing what you do. So uh, to me, it was just like a no brainer. Like, why not just do one? Cause I know like I would tune in, you know, if you were doing this solo, I would, I'd be tuning in still, still listening. So <clears throat> that's why I always threw that to you. Cause I was like, <clears throat> I mean, you could do it, you know, no problem. So that's why I always threw it to you. The, 
best part about all the best part about all that is that I'm glad that whenever um, whenever you have uh, situations like that, you actually do have and a few anchors to go to. Yeah, yeah. It's very important to have those. I only really just do have my older brother when I when it comes to stuff like that. A lot of the decisions I have to go off of the. You know, I have to go off of myself. Yeah. I'm really close to the chest in those regards just because I want to, I want to make it out here, but like decisions like this, it's kind of like, I get real timid about people trying to dissuade me. And the reason why is I'll get to, I'll get to it because this next anchor that I have is very, this man does not know it. He's very he's more important to me than Dwayne Johnson is and to a lot of people that know that Dwayne <clears throat> Dwayne Johnson does play a huge role into my life of like the pinnacle of hard work but the man before him in many factors as far as like career wise some may say that he was even the first the first Dwayne Johnson and that's Arnold Schwarzenegger to me Arnold is the the essential person of of perseverance the guy was told you won't you won't ever be a successful bodybuilder proved him wrong yeah he even after a, a layoff he was like oh, i'm gonna win mr olympia again after another layoff he's like no you wouldn't oh, okay did it then told his told his agent i want to go into acting with that accent, they said no. But then all of a sudden, he scores. <laughs> he says he scores Conan, yeah. and then he scores the Terminator, which ended up doing okay at the box office. But then came T two and pretty much launched him. Everyone's gonna, you know, still even before T two, you had T two would be Predator, considered Total Recall, one of the best sequels ever made. Like hands down that's like one of the best changes it from luckily you you were able to change the t800 to be a bad guy into a good guy yeah which the reveal was never shown till after the movie was released so the trailers all were always all the more better all the more better and there's so many reasons to why the sequel is so great on many layers there's i mean there's it looks like there's it looks like the this. t1000 is here to help john connor yes Yes. In the very beginning. And then all of a sudden when they both meet, T-800 tells John Connor, get down. Yeah. <laughs> Please look up YouTubes on this, on why Terminator 2 is like one of the best sequels ever. Like you, somebody will break this down for you and explain to you why. Yeah. It Other, is great. Otherwise we'd go into like a two hour <clears> podcast <throat> solely based on T-2. <laughs> um, so, Arnold, so, yeah. so Arnold Arnold did it. I don't know. The, yeah. the guy, but he the has one of, of these this. most important rules, Isaiah. Huh? And it's the rule that I live by. What is is you, in in his voice, ignore the naysayers. <laughs> don't do it in his voice, please. Don't, you please you don't have do to ignore the naysayers. Yeah, though. Yeah. There's no other option, which is why I keep a lot of stuff close to the chest. If I was gonna tell someone about a, pin, oh, I'm gonna sell pins. Mm-hmm. I have to say that in the most dorkiest way possible, but I'm starting to tell him pins. No one's going to believe me and think I was going to be going to be doing that. No, 
course. So I, I kind of was like, you know what? I believe that I can make something and people will buy it. And luckily I have Nick as the co-owner of the Notorious Pin to help make these. But the idea is still a collaborative effort. Collaborative yeah. effort. And it's... You know, I, I'll... You know, I'll say this, like, uh, you, you said, you know, or, or he said, you know, ignore the naysayers. I would say this, definitely ignore the naysayers. If that is something close to your heart and it's something you believe in, go for it. But there are those, I mean, you remember American Idol, you know, people think they can sing and Simon Cowell has to be like, no, get a, get a day job. <laughs> there are those cases where you have to have a sense of reality too of what it is. So William Hung should have, should have heard the naysayers. <laughs> William Hung is an exception. <laughs> I haven't had many, much musical one, training. He's the one that is so bad. It's good. You know what I mean? <laughs> At that point, the it's singing just is dreadful. It's so bad. It's good. And he was the first so bad one. That's the difference there. I want to know. Who like because because they had to see several other judges before they got to Simon, Paul, and Randy. Right. So who let this go through because they knew it was a setup. <laughs> How did William Hung slip through the cracks? It was a setup. That's what it was. <laughs> or Paul Francisco was like, his nose is so flat because there's so many doors that slammed in his face. <laughs> yeah. With this guy William Hung, the judge is like, yeah, let him throw. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Simon's gonna love this. Come on. Come on, Simon's William. You're great. Fantastic. This. It's like a big block of wood to give Simon Cow with an axe. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a setup, dude. Did you ever buy Hung for Christmas? No, I never bought uh, Hung for his, his his Christmas <laughs> album. No, I would never buy that, dude. Oh, okay. No. Especially because during the time he came out, we could have downloaded that for free. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Air of Napster. Yeah. Oh, you know, there was also this uh, this episode on Office where. Uh, the the remote uh, salesman I forgot his name right now, but he comes down and Jim and and uh, and Dwight are trying to get him to leave. So they 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 uh, crank call or prank call him. They prank call him and they tell him, hey, you know, we want to offer you this job over here in uh, Florida. And so he leaves to his car and on his car, the license plate says uh, it says uh, W. Uh, w L hung or something like that. And so this guy goes, Hey, you a William, William, William hung fan. He goes, why does everybody always say that? <laughs> so stupid. W L hung. <laughs> so dumb. So my, which goes without saying, like he's one of the Arnold's just one of my true anchors in life because he, in order for him to be successful, there's a lot of stages where he had to ignore the naysayers. Mm-hmm. Hey, Arnold, come on. What are you, Ronald Reagan? What are you going to get into politics? And it ended up being a freaking our governor of California. Yeah, it's crazy how that works, huh? Like, a celebrity could could make it in politics. Some some try, because on that same ticket, on that same ticket for the uh, that year that Arnold ran, Gary Coleman was also on the ticket, and a porn star. And I was going to say, what do you mean, Mark? But I know exactly. <laughs> you don't want to know where my vote went. I was very persuaded. That's all I can say. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it, it's helped out a lot. Like, uh, there's also these YouTube videos of Arnold Schwarzenegger saying his, 
like I don't know what speech is doing, but he's saying like it's, his greatest his, quotes in this yeah. like montage it's of his him, of him bodybuilding. Like it's the greatest motivation ever. It's like him bod- uh, bodybuilding, doing all this stuff, and he's giving all these quotes like "ignore the naysayers." He's doing like he's lifting like five hundred pounds or something stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah, all killing stupid. predator, <laughs> killing all these like fictional characters, just motivating you guys. Great. I mean, this guy, the way he broke through is like it's just. It, it's motivating to anybody who is it's um, the true it's the true american success american story yeah there you go yeah it is it is who's yours who's your celebrity anchor uh i would have to go with um now he's he's not in the same boat as Arnold Schwarzenegger, but jim carrey is probably somebody i've always uh you know seen as like uh motivational because this guy was you know funny and uh, the way I heard about um, the way he made it is he kept sending letters. Um, I forgot to which um, TV program or whatever it was, but he kept sending letters and they finally acknowledged him or said, okay, yeah, let's, let's get you in. And I remember him from living, uh, from living color. Yeah. Or yeah. In living color. And mm-hmm. this guy was just hilarious, dude. The facial expressions, the like dumb like, things he would do without even having to say a word you know, is just, it's amazing what he can do with his face. And I think like, even when he played the role of the Grinch, like he, it, there was a story where a kid comes up to him and says, or the parent goes, Oh, look, look, um, honey, this is the Grinch. The guy that plays the Grinch. <laughs> and this fool literally does the biggest grin ever. Just like the Grinch. He made his face shape, turn into like the Grinch, which is and just that grin is, it's so it's horrifying. Bizarre how he could shape his face this way. Um, but I, I see him as a motivational person because, um, you know, all the roles he plays, I, I feel like he was overlooked. Like he did a lot of silly roles. Like Ace Ventura is a silly character, but you can't imagine life without having an Ace Ventura, without having the mask, without having these classic movies. How are you going to beat that hot streak? No, you, like who's no, there's no one that's going to beat that comedic box office hot streak. Yeah. Of dumb and dumber Ace Ventura right. and the mask. Yeah. Like all within two years. Solid, solid. And it was like, I, I didn't realize it at the time. Like at the time I was just enjoying it. I thought, Oh man, this is great. I love Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's dope, dope. But now at this point, you know, after he's done what Sonic, he played the role of Robotnik. I just really fantastic. I job. just, I, it makes me, now kind of go back and just put it all together. Like, dang, dude, this guy is whenever he wants been in he some just... dope roles. Like, you know, and he would do great. I think as a villain, like a, a serious, like, um, realistic type, you know, character. So yeah, he. So what I'd say I just did. He's he filtered him away from the Riddler. Yeah, because, I did because I do agree too. Yeah, I I really don't agree with Joel Schumacher's vision of that Batman movie because yeah. it was. It felt like it was out of the comics, but it was still like you made Riddler into like this clown. It wasn't a fair shot. And I think it had Jim Carrey had the opportunity to, to work with like somebody who was doing like a realistic vision. Oh, this fool would have knocked it out of the park for sure. Yeah. He'd, he'd bust a 23 or, or yeah. internal, uh, internal sun, sunshine of the spotless mind. Oh, yeah. and Just bust it out on everyone. Oh yeah. So he's somebody like as a celebrity that I look to as like, just somebody like I'm just rooting for, I think. Um, big name to me. And if this guy were gone tomorrow, uh, I'd feel the impact oh, of that. Man. Every time Arnold has this heart surgery, 
Because he's always going in for procedures now. Oh, for reals? Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, damn. I don't know. That's crazy. Like, when he when he goes and then Ric Flair goes, I don't know. I think he might call in sick for work. Yeah. I, I just, I know I, if the... And see, that's when what Rick I'm saying. Goes or like, and that's Arnold what I'm goes. saying too. Like us being our our age, we're seeing a lot of our, uh, I don't know, idols of some sort from our young years coming, kind of coming to the end, which is like kind of bittersweet. Like it, it kind of makes us appreciate them more right now. But it's it's just interesting how we're going through that, where we're seeing that, and we're seeing the rise of new artists and new uh, actors and stuff like that. So I think it's a pretty interesting, you know, change or transition. I'm not ready to see Arnold get terminated. Like who would be, who would be like a modern day Arnold now? You think like who would kind of pretty much be that same kind of guy? Oh, Dwayne. Dwayne's going to carry that role. Dwayne Johnson's carrying that role for the next 20 years. But what movie has Dwayne done? That's as impactful as let's say judgment day. Oh man. So that's, so this is, that's a good freaking question because the only thing I can tell you in response to that is that, for what for what Arnold has made as far as classics, yeah, Dwayne's just made as far as volume. We're talking yeah. like Jumanji. He's gonna do the Jungle Cruise movie. He's gonna be Black Adam for the DC movies. Um, he's he's done the Fast franchises. So it, I mentioned this into I mentioned this when I was reviewing a couple of Dwayne Johnson movies in. Um, on my previous podcast. But the thing is, is that Dwayne Johnson, his weakness is the fact that everyone could see through the fact that it's Dwayne Johnson first. Yeah. And and not the character he's playing. Yeah. So the character of him playing Luke Hobbs is totally unbelievable because how is a dedicated police officer going to look that jacked all the time or how, you know, it's just illogical. So the thing is, is that, what Dwayne knows he can do is that he can put butts in the seats because of the fact that he has such a great big following. So he can whip out movies like Skyscraper, totally ripped off Die Hard, but made it successful. Jumanji, rebooted a franchise, but he did a great job in it. Him and um, Jack, Jack Black, Black mm-hmm. provided the voice for Mo- uh, Maui and Moana. Not only did he do a great job in that film... But his song, uh, You're Welcome, actually went quadruple platinum. So he is the modern day Arnold Schwarzenegger. Because even Schwarzenegger still, despite the fact that I, I'll use like classic movies like Terminator uh, 1 and 2, um, Predator, Total Recall. You still have movies like Jingle All the Way, Collateral mm-hmm. Damage, End of Days. Like there's just movies that is just, I think we just Arnold, came out, does, Arnold and him are pretty much one of the same. I think we just came out with the different draft class, you know, like Arnold's draft class is like, I mean, it's in the, oh, it's, yeah. it's in like, dude, you get Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, you had Willis, Van Damme, Van Damme Seagal, Damme. Stallone. Yeah, you just get a, a lot different of competition. Draft class. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, maybe it's just the times, like the times were different the, yeah. with the, with the action box office hits or whatever. I don't know, but. I don't know. It, it's different. It's I can, different. I can certainly agree that Dwayne Johnson at about 40, I think he's like 48 years old. He's going to take that helm for the next, it's 
he could keep doing believable action movies for yeah. another 15 years. Dwayne Johnson would be great. And he's, he's, uh, he's iconic already just be, from his transition from wrestling to being this, you know, A-list celebrity is, I don't know too many people who have been able to accomplish it successfully the way he has. Right. So he's in his own lane right now, kind of. And I think that's why he's, you know, able to do what he's do what he's doing. It's way better that he did that because if he would have yeah. kept wrestling, the paychecks wouldn't have been there. Yeah, it like, would have started kind of dying down a, a little a bit. A year, a year in wrestling would have versus one move, one or two movies a year, and getting paid eight times more than what you do as a year busting your butt on the road. Yeah, that's yeah. why Dwayne. A lot of people like rag on him for switching to, from wrestling to movies, but oh, you should have seen the checks he was getting. Like, I'll do the Scorpion King. Yeah, I'll do Walking Tall. Yeah, I'm down for that. The Tooth Fairy, sign me up. As long as yeah. I don't have to take, as long as I don't have to keep doing the people's elbow, I'll be all right. And it's really, it's it's so hard to even critique Dwayne Johnson because, like, what do you like? Even if you're a good, great actor, like, how do you really critique this dude who's made it from nothing to something? Like, exactly. And yeah. not only that, he's also ignored the naysayers. Right. It's the beauty about all that. Yeah. And that's why I want to tell you guys. About our new sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. I want to tell you guys that Herbalife. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Jesus. Lord. <laughs> no, anybody who sells their life is cool with us. It's just funny. Um, the, uh, that was, that really threw me off, off, uh, off my rails. But I want to let you guys know that it's okay to have celebrity anchors and it's definitely okay to ask people for advice on things that you want to get off the ground. If you have something that's, you're not ready to get off the ground, maybe ask somebody or try to try to YouTube what you're uh, trying to get done successfully and see how they did it. You know, there's a YouTube video for almost about everything. So just make sure you do your proper research and then just bring it up to people that you can know and trust. And then couple that with what you're doing with uh, your favorite celebrity anchor and see how that works. And we wish you all the best with that. Utilize TikTok. That's my advice. Utilize it to its advantage because I'm noticing that there will be, you know, not just kids anymore, but people who are just entertaining, they get a big following. All they need to do at this point is just whatever they do, their thing, as far as like product or business or whatever it is, all they have to do is like, hey guys, I do this by the way, blah, blah, blah. That would be bring in so much uh revenue just just and it's just it's just an easy it's easy easy marketing thing just be like oh i do this too by the way uh i see it all the time all the time yeah it's kind of like with us doing shameless promotions about our stuff because <laughs> i know i do it right i love it elnotoriouspin.com for all your uh enamel pin and uh, shopping needs at notoriouspin.com or on instagram at elnotoriouspin Come sit with us is also on Instagram at come dot sit with us. So make sure you follow that. Isaiah also has a very, uh, very delectable podcast called the deep end only on the deep end network. Make sure you guys tune into that. Is there any other ventures that were? No, no, that's it. I think, I think that's all we're doing. Cause I'm too damn busy. Way too busy. Yeah. We've both been, you know, working hard. I mean, year end comes around usually everything's like a lot busier. So, uh, right now at this moment, we're just doing that and sticking to what we do. Already. A lot of people think that this is work for me. 
like talking oh, really? with you and doing a podcast. Oh yeah, it's amazing. I enjoy it's like, it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's one of the fun. times I get to actually like decompress and yeah, sort of vent. I'm yeah, kind of like how you did in the first opening part of it. I just asked you how you're doing, and then you just like ripped into me <laughs> with how you really felt. You want to know how I'm really doing, dude? <laughs> you want to really know? I'll tell you how I'm doing. <laughs> You want to know how I'm doing? I'll tell you how I'm doing. I love, I love every single listener that comes and sits with us. Whether you enjoy what we do or you're just—I'm barely making it, Mark. (laughs) My God. Whether you're listening with us uh, religiously or you're just like, uh, like staying in WCW and you're just hanging around in the rafters, just politicking and hoping for our downfall. But either way, glad you're listening in. Isaiah recently purchased an NBA jersey for the first time in a long time. Okay, I was going to say the first time. I think I've seen you in a jersey before. I love the fact that NBA free agency gives the ability for two things. It gives the ability for players to actually go to teams that they can actually win a championship on. Because... Players around the 30, uh, after the 30, 31, 32 year mark in the NBA are hunting for a check or hunting for a chip. And some do a good job of collecting both. LeBron James and a couple other people. This gentleman, on the other hand, gentleman by the name of Russell Westbrook. See, the benefit, the second benefit of NBA free agency is that the jerseys that the teams that they leave are super cheap. So Russell Westbrook's Oklahoma City Thunder jersey is still super cheap because that's his old team. And if everything goes right with him leaving the Houston Rockets for some other team, I hope it's not the Knicks because we need to buy other players, but whatever. His jersey was super cheap. Not only that, it wasn't just his regular Oklahoma City Thunder jersey. I actually purchased an all-black Oklahoma City Thunder jersey with Russell Westbrook's number on it. Dang, okay. All right. So, a couple of reasons why I bought it. Uh, one of them being, I think Russell Westbrook is one of the greatest players of all time. He's not going to get his just due until after he was retired. Because for him to average triple-double for three straight seasons, to me, that is the one of the most impressive things you can do as a player to average, you know, double figures and points, steal uh, points, assists and rebounds three years for a shooting guard three years in a row. It's arguable. Yeah. It's debatable. (laughs) So the right Jersey would definitely get you into the right pickup games. I can vouch for that 100%. You know what? That is so smart, dude. I never thought about that. And I'll tell you why. Who's not going to want to pick up like Westbrook off the bit? Like, oh, uh, I'm going to choose you. I'm going to choose you, Westbrook. <laughs> hey, yo, yo, Westbrook. Or like anytime, hey, New York, you going to run? <laughs> anytime I'd go to 24-Hour Fitness, I'd wear like something of New York yeah, yeah, Knicks yeah. attire because that's all I would wear. Yeah. Like, I'm freaking wearing a New York Knicks right. shirt now. Right. So, I'll even mention a small story about that. So the right jersey does get you into the right pickup games. So when I actually go to, because I'll, I'll just say it straight up. 
if there's a bunch of brothers playing on the court, nine times out of ten, they ain't going to pick a, a, a Mexican kid off the court to play. But once they see me play, they're going to be like, oh, okay, cool, he's nice. Yeah, yeah. So I have to, I have to, I have to dress the part. So what I mean is this. My dad was able to get me a couple years ago, still it, and it fits and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a large and I'm going to always try to fit a large no matter how old I get, but it fits then and it fits now. It's a, it's a college, it's a New Mexico college Jersey. Mm. It's a New Mexico college basketball Jersey. So I wear it to pick up, to play pickup with. It looks like you played in college or something. Yes. <laughs> That is the exact. I know there was this science to it, dude. Dude, <laughs> all I gotta so do all is. All you're telling me is I gotta order a college jersey. Potentially, that might help my odds in getting. Well, I'm not telling you to go get a Zion Williamson Duke jersey. <laughs> I'm to find like a low key like Division three college jersey. Like my, I don't even think... have this other dude with me. Like he's a coach or something. Like... <laughs> yeah, with the with the clipboard. <laughs> so the so the jersey just says I think it's like number. It's number four or something, and it just says Eastern New Mexico. Like, and so no one's gonna question my like, oh, you're 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 not number four from Eastern New Mexico. Like, yeah, no, right, right. Who's gonna question? Yeah. That? So it's a low key college. Like, no one's ever gonna look up Eastern New Mexico University. Right. So I'm able to rock those just in case I need to get picked up. Right. So I'll always wear that just in case I need to get picked up. Because <laughs> it, I never knew all. Oh this. man, I never it, knew trust all me. This. There's a science to this, but. <laughs> Going back to what we're talking about, I'm gonna I'm gonna wear the black all black Westbrook jersey because the color won't fade. It'll take longer to fade because it's all black. Yeah, um, it's a sweet pickup. I mean, oh dude, Westbrook is uh, fresh. he's in his own lane. He's he's a powerhouse in his own right. You know, I think the only reason he has some troubles is because you know he has to be on the right environment in order for it to all work. Which they almost kind of had the key to success. In OKC, when they first had Harden and and um, and uh, Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, um, but it they the, the issue with Harden where they had to get rid of him or whatever whatever the reason was, you know, it kind of started dwindling from there. And then he he kind of stepped more up to the role. But the thing is, when you're in, when you're trying to win a chip, you need kind of the whole team. It, 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 we see it time and time again. One man can't do it alone. Uh, not even the great Kobe. Not nobody can. Not even Jordan can do it alone. You need a solid team behind you. Need you need about two or three players. Yeah, you need two or three B plus players. Yeah, to LeBron, get to nobody be. understands that more. I think than LeBron right now of what you need to. Yeah, get it done. I, I'd say you need one superstar and two B and above players. Yeah, LeBron uh, had Anthony Davis. And then, you know, you you can always add other players to equal up to a B. So you had yeah. Dwight Howard, JaVel McGee, right. a bunch of other players. So that, that dynamic is, it, it's consistently always going to be that. Westbrook Look, is also kind of somebody who's had, uh, who's been known as a hothead too a little bit. So that could be a potential issue. I'm not really sure why Harden is parting ways, you know. I'm not sure if it's really because of Houston, the organization, you know, maybe it's been too long. It hasn't worked out. Or is it because of Westbrook? I don't know. From what I'm getting is that because the head coach is gone and the GM has gone, no one has an answer. Yeah. 
There's there's no one that there's he can no... actually question and say, hey, what's going on? Because it's kind of uh, it's like a snake without its head, kind of right now, basically. Right. Yeah. And this is why Russ wants to head out too, because no one's going to have answers. Well, what do you guys go from there? No D- mission control. Sorry, Houston, you got a problem. Wow. <laughs> That was perfect. This is why we have you on my co as my co-host on Come Sit with Us for stuff like that. You, you could just drop your headset and just head out because your your job's done. I felt so cheesy as hell saying that right yeah. now. But any I any team, help any team in in Houston, <laughs> the press always uses that crap. Anytime you like lose a series of right, games, right? Yeah. Jeez, I feel bad for that. What uh, what jerseys did you like uh, growing up? You know what's funny is I wasn't a Laker fan young as a kid. I was a Utah Jazz fan, and Utah Jazz at the time in the '90s had the ugliest looking jerseys. I feel like you know, I don't know. Going back now, they actually like nothing. Nothing beats a nice like the all black Jazz. I think it was like their alternate away. Mm-hmm. That was nice. The the ones yeah, with the, the mountains and the was, peaks yeah. and stuff, like the the their ninety eight kits. Yeah. With like, I, I thought they were nice. Like yeah. you get, get a nice Hornacek jersey or a nice John Stockton jersey, the best point guard in the yeah, NBA. You know. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I always had from being young. I always had because my brother was a was a Chicago Bulls fan, and I kind of like looking up to my brother you know, wore a lot of the Jordan stuff at that time, the Jordan jersey, whatever. Like, it was like a knockoff smaller one at the time. Um, but from there, as I became a Laker fan, then that's where I started wanting more Laker stuff. So I have like a, I have like one of the oddest Lakers to have ever been a Laker. Like one of like the shortest spans to ever be a Laker. And I have his jersey because I think this guy is... Um, he is one of the most best at doing this one particular job or role in the NBA on the court. And that's rebounding. Like he is the greatest rebounder in the game that I've seen. And it's just funny how this guy's managed to carve out that little section and be like the greatest at it. It's funny. And if you don't know what I'm talking about by now, I'm talking about the worm Dennis Rodman. Uh, the one with the craziest hair. He was like kind of, he was part of the bad boy Pistons and everything. And I just, uh, you know, I, I, to me, I appreciate what this guy has done for the game. And at the same time, I know, you know, that's, that's Rodman. And I know yeah, he's going to be his own Dennis guy. Rodman. And even Phil Jackson understood this. Like he had to even allow Dennis Rodman some time or space to go have his night in Las Vegas or whatever. And, um, and uh, last save the last dance or whatever or last dance save the last dance last dance. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that Dennis Rodman is gonna is we're just one of those characters. So I had to have when he came to the Lakers, I had to have this throwback jersey of when you know he was with the Lakers, just yeah. because number seventy three. It's almost like who hasn't been a Laker? You know, it's there's uh, so many different people we could pick. We talked about this before. But Dennis Rodman, I just I remember him when he was on the sidelines on like a, a bike, and he was just on the bike like on the sidelines, you know, getting a little quick workout in when he was on the bench or whatever. Which I just thought is just so, that's just so like 
this fool does not give he does not give two fucks like yeah. this guy will you know he'll do what he feels like and he'll be in your face like and i think that's why michael jordan wanted him because he understood this guy is the best at what he does i need this guy on my team so that's the only jersey i have personally that i purchased and it doesn't fit me <laughs> it's 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 like uh, it's too long it's too long but uh, I still have it and I still cherish it because this guy was a Laker full of Dennis Rodman. Uh, so that's the one I got and that I cherish, but there are others out there too, different jerseys that I like. That's um, the one I had to wear in penalty of the Knicks, the Knicks Lakers Christmas. Oh yeah. We, I was we here when do that, dude. we were up like for that. the first three quarters on, I was just getting the Jersey ready. And then all of a sudden, uh, Classic Lakers comeback and the Lakers stole Christmas. That is right, dude. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that, dude. I s- remember initially getting my first actual legit jersey. Um, Allen Iverson played with the Sixers. Vince Carter's Raptors jersey. Had Jordan's jersey back in the day, like a reversible champion's jersey where it actually had the black and the red or the red and the black. Amari um, Stoudemire's uh, jersey when he played with the Suns. I I thought Amari was one of the best like power forwards. For a long time, I thought he was just like one of the best. Hmm. Um, no, he was, though. He was. Oh, yeah, pick and rolls with sure. Steve Nash all day. Yeah. That's what it was. And um, now he's going to be coaching with Steve Nash, I hear? Yeah, over in Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I don't know. But uh, he was a damn good player, though, when he was playing his role in, in the Suns. Yeah, and then when he went to the, that Suns team, that Suns team right. should have, would have, could have. Right, exactly. And then, yeah, when they brought that to New York, I was like, "Damn, dude, you guys got yeah. a piece." That he's actually what triggered, I think, everything to start. He was happening. he was the first one to come along. Yeah, yeah, because after David, after David Lee headed out, Amari came in, and it was yeah. just yeah, this was the. time I kind of like the Suns shot. jerseys, to be honest. No, they're oh, the, the they could have done way. They're new. The jerseys that Jason Kidd was wearing, like with the sun actually coming up by the numbers, yeah, those, those are fresh. The I new like Suns jerseys kind of do that same thing, yeah. which I, I think is pretty cool. Yeah. The other jerseys that I've gotten over the years, so I have Amari's, uh, Home and Away, the blue and the white New York yeah. ones. I also had a uh, Pablo Prigioni, uh, New York uh, New York Knicks jersey. This guy was a scrappy point guard. Literal, I was like a literal replicant of his play style, just trying to be as scrappy as I can, stealing like inbound passes, trying to like, just trying to make do for Mm -hmm. like what, what I could do on the court. Because I'll I'll be the first one to tell you is like, I'm not, when it comes to like playing legit competition in basketball, I have to do everything I can to make an impact on that court because it's tough. I'm not that athletic. I'm not that tall when it comes to playing against taller people. So I have to do everything I can to make sure every possession is important to me. So he kind of carries those same characteristics. And I saw that and I was just like, I'm sold. The guy was great. What about the Brooklyn Nets, dude? Like they, they had an opportunity to really do something cool. And it's like the most plainest. They, it's plainest like the Brooklyn jersey Nets jerseys. When I saw them for the first time, the B in the basketball, pretty cool. But for you to just have black and white in Brooklyn, 
I'm it's like, the most basic it's like, it's like you, it's like you start on the, uh, uh, create a Jersey page mm-hmm. and then you just put Brooklyn as the, as your home and then the nets as you're away. Yeah. And then that's it. And right. then you just left it on black and white and didn't do anything to it. It right. looks like the default template of any right. like create a Jersey. Yeah. It's, it's, they could have done, there's, there's so much opportunity to do something the, really cool. The with beauty that. about the older jerseys that I liked was just the ability to be creative. The mm-hmm. Vancouver Grizzlies jerseys are sick. Yeah, that's sick. The white, the white Toronto Raptors jerseys. I like amazing. The yeah. The ones with the actual Raptor on it, not the ones that like, right. When Vince Carter won the dunk contest, not those ones. Um, man. The old New York Knicks lettering. That's the one I really liked before. It was the one with the Raptor on it the, yeah. from the Toronto uh, Raptors. That that was one for sure. When I remember when I first saw that, because they were a newer team, when I first saw that team come up, I was like, okay, cool. That's dope. I'm starting to appreciate. I liked Orlando Magic's too when Shaq was on the team. Yeah. The like little the pinstripes. Black, yeah, yeah, the black pinstripes. pinstripe. Yeah, that one's pretty sick. I also, I'm also t- learning to like the, if I could find a, a nice, authentic uh, Jordan Wizards jersey. <laughs> yep, that that'd be it. be it. Or LeBron Cavs like Cavaliers jersey is still cool to have. Oh, oh Le- LeBron's Black Heat jersey. Oh, that one. Yeah, that one. Right the one was just fire. L. Or when they went to like, like Latino Heritage Month or whatever, and it was <laughs> L Heat. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So too. it's it's always good to just talk about those things because I'm. I mean, even my little brother actually was able to bought me an R.J. Barrett New York Knicks jersey. So I have one of the newer New York uh, Knicks uh, jerseys. Mm. As much as I like it, it's just like I still have two of the best looking jerseys. Like no one's going to beat that old school New York Knicks font. It's yeah. it's tough. Yeah, it's, it's like they're it's, just tried and yeah. true classics. Yeah, it's it's hard to mess with the classic like that. The... um. I feel like there's more jerseys out there. Now, oh no, though. there is. We can go yeah. on with it, but okay. what I wanted to um, to to close out on is just the right jersey with the right fit and everything would just do the trick. And yeah. I think that um, I I can't wait to start rocking that that uh, Russell Westbrook jersey for a long, long time, so I can actually use it to ball up in. Dude, you're gonna have me looking up jerseys now, dude. So now oh, I'm gonna be looking man, up with jerseys now. I'm. I was, it was tough. It was tough for a while to like not go into this buying spree because I was looking up a bunch of, you know, I wanted to grab Chris Paul's old Oklahoma City Thunder yeah. jersey since he's going to the Suns. The next thing would be the shoes, the baller shoes. Like oh, the shoes, man. you know, there's a lot I was looking of up old shoes too. Uh, I didn't know that um, God Sham God actually came out with shoes. Didn't know that either. Yeah. So he actually <laughs> had this thing with Puma. And for those guys, like God, God Sham God was this. Created street, street a crossover that so many of the greats yeah. to, in today's game basically stole. Yeah. yeah. It's, if you do it right, you can have some dude on skates. You could break somebody's legs. Yeah. Right. So he actually came out with the shoe and it looks pretty cool, but Russell was, Westbrook also did that move too. He yeah. took, uh, oh, his oh, move. man. Yeah. It's, in, it's, it's impressive to see the, um, the last part of the segment will come sit with us because I don't know any other way to end that Jersey segment other way to nip on. it in the bud and just <laughs> be all right with it. I know our love for jerseys would do, uh, would be it. But, um, but as of uh, Saturday, 
November 21, in the year of our Lord 2020, our governor in California, for the people that don't, uh, for the people that live out of state, our governor placed a curfew for any non-essential activities. So basically, at 10 o'clock, you guys better not be on the streets doing anything but going to work or going home. So with this, this is going to try to do their best to flatten the curve. So as soon as I heard that, Isaiah, I knew that we were in trouble. I know that yeah, the numbers are rising again, which kind of like got me to question something. Everyone has to go by these protocols when they go outside. So the thing is, is that to me, how do these numbers keep increasing when people are, you know, in or, if they're going out, they're wearing a mask, they're sanitizing, they're right. doing their, what they can to right. make sure they're not. Is it just because people are just out and about or because I'm, I'm trying to have this make sense to me because yeah. you see where you see where the perspective I have with this. I'm like, well, there's no other option but for people to wear masks when they're outside. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I see it through Hot Topic because, um, you know, I, I oversee stores that are in the East uh, region in malls. So I see a lot of a lot of these um, stores at these malls, they'll they'll report, you know, somebody having COVID or something. And so you still see it where somebody would get COVID. Um and so I don't really necessarily know exactly where these people are going that are getting it. Um, but, and also too, like somebody or people, somebody that I know also works in a warehouse. Um, and in this warehouse, there have been people, certain people that have gotten it. And it's, you know, right now everybody's, for the most part, I think, businesses at least are taking the precautions necessary for social distancing and stuff like that. We see that, um, with like curbside service or just distancing of tables or having it outside or whatever it is. So we see the precautions in place, but yet there still are people catching it and there's a rise in that. So I just think we're seeing maybe a rise Maybe because there might be, maybe people are getting too lackadaisical and they just think that, oh, it's okay if, if I just do wear a mask and not knowing that therein lies the potential risk to even get it because you mm-hmm. don't know who's out there with, with it. So even, we all know even with a mask or without it, there's still the lot, you know, you still have the ability to transmit it. There could be certain events too that still might be going on, like as far as events as in protesting, because there are some people on the far right that aren't happy with Biden getting the president elect. And so there's still like protests that aren't exactly social distance, socially compliant, compliant. Right. So who knows, like if it's these kind of type of events that are happening and that they're getting it, or if they're just catching it by, I really don't know, to be honest, like what the answer is here, but I do know that we see people still getting it. So and what way can we prevent that other than to to do what we um, to do these precautions or the shutdowns? But the curfew thing, though, I see a lot of people not really thinking that's a good idea because 
it's like, how is, how is that going to change anything? Having the curfew at 10, like, yeah. How is that really going to stop things? You know, from what I'm getting is that on Wednesday, businesses in certain counties, like for dining and stuff have to stop altogether besides takeout and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. we're going back to, we're almost going a whole year on this crap. And it went like crazy. We're almost a year in review of COVID-19. And it's been... It's been a deal breaker in many regards. And it's also been a hindrance in many things that I personally wanted to get taken care of. It's ruined a lot of plans for me. But didn't... It actually became a successful one for Florida because there wasn't a lot of people (laughs) there. So I was happy for that. Um... I was looking at a list of people to blame. I was going to try to blame the Palestinians, the Israelites, the Pharisees. The um, um, is there any other groups really? in the Bible I'm missing out? Um, the Corinthians, yeah. <laughs> the, Corin- <laughs> the Corinthians, and the letters to Saint Paul. The Levites, the, <laughs> the Canaanites, the Everyites, Everyites, yeah. and um, they're all to blame. No, but. Um, I really honestly think that there's no one else to blame but ourselves. And it just comes to that point blank yeah. because we can go back and say, hey, look, President Trump should have nipped this in the bud right then and there. But in order for someone to be cool, calm, and collective and not try to put everyone in a panic, why would you want to say, oh, there's a pandemic going around? We're shutting everything down. There would be nothing but questions to arise at that point. And i not saying that I go and side with the president for prolonging as long as he did. Mm-hmm. But let's look at the deep impact theory or like the Armageddon theory that I have. It's like, are you really going to say within... if Isaiah, you as a president, if you knew that like within 48 hours an asteroid was going to hit the earth and... All, all hell was going to break loose. Mm-hmm. Would you dispel that news or would you just let it ride out? Because in, cause you know for 48 hours, <laughs> all hell's going to break loose. Right. So you're asking me right now, what would I do? Right. As a, as a president? Uh, shoot, I would put all the smartest people together in the room. Uh, what's the plan? And then let people know that there's a plan in place. You have to have a plan in place. If you don't got a plan in place... You know, you're running. With, you Would know. you give them? I, I wouldn't even give them anyone the timetable. If I, if if there was a one of the scientists that came up to me as president, be like Mark, oh well, <clears throat> President Flores. I'm like, yes. In 48 hours, this planet will be decimated by an asteroid. You have to give them the timetable. I feel like because how else are they going to prepare for this thing? For for what do I say? 48 hours, you're all toast. Well, not that. No, you just say that. Oh, so I got to soften facts. the blow. This is the facts. An asteroid is heading to us. Our 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 intelligence are telling us it's forty eight hours. I don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> we have a we have a plan in place. This uh, plan may or may not work. Yeah. So here's Steven Tyler from Aerosmith <laughs> singing. Say your that prayers. I don't say your Hail Marys. <laughs> Bruce Willis peace. is going to reprise his role from Armageddon, and he's going into space. <laughs> That's our plan. <laughs> now off to Morgan He did it Freeman. once. Who says he can't do it again? <laughs> he did it once in a movie. Oh, he did that, it once in a movie. Right. I mean. I, I don't know. So it's 
it's uh very hard to be in that situation. Yeah, at thanks that for putting time. me in that situation right now, actually. Oh, please. Just imagine <laughs> how the president felt when he was all like, Hey, look, hey straight yeah. out straight out of Wuhan, there's this virus that came out and we can't control it. You know, you kinda wish you wish they would have been like nipped in the butt, like in China or whatever. You wish it would have kinda gone away. You know, some of the viruses that have come out in the past kind of seems like China was able to to I guess Contain we, it. We we're actually you know. able to keep everything down, but no, this actually spread out to everywhere. This man. actually came across borders, spread like crazy, a pandemic yeah. uh, like we've never seen in our lifetime. Uh, I don't even know in history when we've seen something this crazy. So, yeah, man, yeah. I think definitely it could have been taken more seriously, not only from here, but from other countries as well. It could have been taken more seriously. I think people were really like laughing at it at first uh, because it just sounds so bizarre. I remember when we first talked about it, you know, it sounded oh, like man. a movie. It sounded like a movie, right? People are going to look at our earlier episodes and like, yeah, these guys were had it all wrong. <clears throat> yeah, it sounded I know like, I'll be eating my words listening to that. It sounded like a, a, a movie. It sounded like something that would not come here. And lo and behold, it defied all anything we've ever seen and came here. But I'm saying that we could have all taken it seriously and we didn't take it seriously enough. I feel like where people were moving quickly on this, what are we going to do? What are we going to plan? It was more like, we'll wait and see until it comes here. And if it does, then we'll do it. And then that's what we did. And now that's why we're at where we're at now with so such a high number of people that have not only died, but have actually caught it too. So have you ever, have you, had to deal with people that try to get all high and mighty on you. High and mighty on me? Like yeah, about about this whole thing because I'm I'm an essential worker. So yeah. I'm always out there oh. mask on and everything with appropriate precautions. But oh. it's like what what am I to do? Am I I I have to get a paycheck. Yeah. You know, I have to still keep this ball <clears throat> rolling. So what the hell? So like I, I just I too have to deal with this, a lot of people trying to get high and mighty on me, but it's like, well, yeah, what the hell are you going to do? I haven't had anybody, you know, tell me anything. And I think because I'm not really, um, you know, I'm just either at work or here. Uh, so I don't really, I'm not really going out too much. I went out one time with you to Boston's, but that was like, Oh, that was for, um, uh, we were doing an internal investigation. (laughs) That was an internal, that was was a social experiment. It was a very social experiment (laughs) round after round. (laughs) It was actually like a social experiment though, because this was the first time I was at a restaurant, you know, post pandemic in the parking lot, you know, you brought it up. It was such a weird sensation being not even sensation sensation hey what kind of type of day were we on <laughs> sensation <laughs> Ooh, ah. <laughs> in the parking lot it was weird in the park okay that doesn't help the scenario <laughs> oh, yeah that was a great Ooh, experiment ah, no <laughs> let me just stop but yeah, yeah. you know what i mean <laughs> sensation are they more than co-hosts <laughs> coming up next on 60 minutes (laughs) yeah so this shutdown you know i i don't think the rising cases i don't know if this will really you know prevent a whole lot here but 
I mean, you know, anything going on past 10 is probably craziness, right? It's debauchery. It's like, it's nothing great. There's nothing like, you know. Yeah, nothing, nothing appropriate happens (laughs) at 10 o'clock. So, you know, some sort of, you know, (laughs) debauchery. So whatever's going on at night is something it's, it's probably best right now. It's, it's, it's not going to help, I guess. So I don't know how to word that. (laughs) Yeah. Going to what we have here with what we've all talked about. I mean, we are the only ones to blame in the situation just because of. Can you get arrested? Like if you're out there still, like, I don't know what the terms are here. So if you get pulled over, you have to either prove that you're going home or you're going to work, but you're an essential worker. Okay. And if you don't prove that. So say if you're. Say if you have to go east on a certain freeway and you get pulled over by a CHP officer after 10 o'clock and you're heading west in the opposite direction, well, damn, you better like mix, you better let them know what you're doing or who you're doing and where they live. I don't know, but it has to make sense because you can't, he's They're going to look at your driver's license and say, okay, this is your address where you live, right? Mm-hmm. Well, why are you going in the opposite direction? Yeah. You know, so you I wonder can't, how that works. Like as far as freedoms go, like yeah. from what I'm hearing is that not a lot of counties and not a lot of sheriffs are going to like abide by, uh, Emperor Newsom's rules on all uh-huh. this. Uh huh. So yeah. Cause that, that's like a weird conflict there because you're talking about, you know, certain freedoms that an individual has yeah. and he's not shutting down everything completely like, like making a big press conference about it. Yeah. You know, like in February he was on TV. Well, not on TV, but he was on like smartphones every day. Yeah. Just talking. Uh, we're going to do our uh, best to uh, uh, mitigate this whole thing about. Uh, and I'm also COVID-19. trying to understand exactly what numbers are we looking at that tell us, okay, this is the best, thing to do here let's cut out yeah what, what makes it what makes sense for it to be why 10 o'clock yeah why why, why 10 why not like why maybe why is it that at 1001 that's a problem like what exactly are the numbers though like what what are the numbers are we looking at as far as why are we seeing that it's a better idea to stop it at 10 you know i'm wondering right exactly just i i think it's just to give a soft blow to everybody and let you know because you also have businesses that have opened and closed and have opened up again and closed. Yeah. 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 Which is frustrating, super frustrating for a business owner who is, especially if we're like, if we're slowly trying to come back, but then it, to be shut down again for another, yeah, that is pretty frustrating because you can't really get that flow going. I saw the most depressing thing on, on a, on a job site the other day. Yeah. I was um over, I think in Anaheim or something. And I was on this, I saw this little strip mall and I, and I, and it said the, it was like a cocktail bar and it said established in 2020. And I was like, Oh my God. So this guy thought it was a great idea to open up a bar in the year 2020. It's not the greatest time in. mm -mm. No, (laughs) man. It was sad. It's like a Shakespearean tragedy. Yeah, man. So, I mean, the shutdown thing. To, to, to me, I would like to know more or less the, why this decision was made and how that exactly does help. I'm interested in that and curious to exactly how that works because I don't know if it does a whole lot. I don't think it does, Isaiah. 
I, yeah. If you look at all this data I have presented to you and all these charts, the, the it presents to you that this is not successful. <laughs> you came with all this data and graphs and everything. Yeah, dude. you're right. <laughs> but there is a silver lining to this dark cloud, okay. which is COVID-19. Okay. Because um, right now it's pretty cloudy. Yeah. So I want to hear what you got to make it all go oh, away. Look at you, look at you building that up. <laughs> One of my managers uh, told me when I worked at a Costco wholesale, mm-hmm. told me one time, and and I've always lived by this. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny because remember what Phil Moore said back in the day? He's all like, you never know when someone's going to yeah, yeah. say something to you that's going to ride out and be yeah. meaningful. Right. This guy did. And he's like, he came up with the, he has this phrase of find the good. So in, in most situations, simple, brief and simple, but profound, there's situations where I'm like, I'm stressed out or, or just trying to like figure everything out. And then I just go back to find the good. And I find the good in most situations and just keep, keep pushing. So in this situation, we have the blueprint to prevent this from happening ever again. We have the you know the blueprint laid out now to what to what we have to do. Us as a country can get hit with this again and know how to keep the ball rolling without issue. Some people, some people without issue. Yeah. The 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 other good is this too. Is that you learn to appreciate. You learn to appreciate the times that you have now. Because there's people just. Some people. There's people that in our graduating class died of COVID. How? Like it's. It can get anybody. Like anyone with like issues that they don't know about. Boom. Done. COVID, COVID related. And I'm not even going to be diving into like, oh, what do they really die of? No, if it's COVID associated, we have to attribute it to that. As much as I don't want to do that, who knows? Because we're still trying to, we're still in the infancy of educating ourselves on what COVID is anyway. So this question, uh, actually this situation I posed this uh, this idea to you, the, the listening audience. Though these times are very unprecedented and we're actually all journeying, taking our journey into the unknown with this, make sure you try to find the good in this situation. Even though most of this is collectively our faults for being, you know, it's just our fault for being out there. It ain't my fault. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> sure as hell ain't my fault. <laughs> I'm totally playing. No, no, um, I, I'm not. It, it really is though. For you, as a collective, as far as taking it seriously and doing what we need to do, yeah, I hope that we can all make sure to find the good in these situations during these times where we're really unsure at times. So I want to thank you guys for tuning into another great episode of come sit with us. Make sure that you guys find your anchors in your lives. 
while you're doing that, make sure you have a nice little sports jersey to wear. Rock it. And, um, Post it and then tag come sit with yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, make sure you come, tag come sit with us on it too. Um, but all in all, I want to thank you guys, the listening audience, for tuning in. Um, we see the numbers all the time. And for me and Isaiah, for you guys to actually listen to us run our yaps for a good hour and a half. And we got nothing but big thanks for you guys for, for doing that. And we appreciate it. And we do our best to just try to come up with a show that, though at times it may be improvisational, it may be sporadic when I come up with like, hey, you know what? Let me ask you this. <laughs> I hope there's something that you can always take away from it because I'm always trying to put my best foot forward in this as well as Isaiah too. So. Yeah. And share uh, share your thoughts too, even if maybe if you if something like, I don't know, came up or whatever, just message us or whatever. It's it's pretty um it's pretty interesting to see your thoughts and and feedback on Yeah, it, and if you stuff. have if you have critiques, pull up. <laughs> Crack, crack. <laughs> Run the fade for come sit with us. <laughs> I want to thank you guys for tuning in to another great episode of Come Sit With Us. But most importantly, remember, guys, especially during these times, make sure to be well. <laughs>